Hey everyone, welcome to the Motorola Solutions Technology Podcast. Thanks for tuning into our replay episodes from our live streams on LinkedIn and YouTube. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, this is Julio Rodriguez and welcome to Motorola Solutions Live. I want to thank you for joining me as we come to you live on Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time to bring you the latest and greatest from the world of Motorola Solutions. And we've got a fantastic show lined up for you today. I know I say that all the time, but this has got me really excited. So we've talked about cloud-enabled uh, video security with Ava Security, and we also talked about um, the cloud-enabled um, access control with OpenPath, and now we're going to be able to talk to, about both of them together, and that's going to be a really, really great uh, combination of information. So I can't wait to talk about that. Um, right now in the news, the only thing that I, that's happened recently, uh, other than me moving and having to tear down all this, all the equipment that I had before and get it all set back up, um, Motorola Solutions acquired Calypsa. So that's a new acquisition. Hopefully we'll uh, start to see some product information from Calypsa about their incident management. Um, looks like there's online uh, in the cloud dashboarding, health checks, a lot of uh, information like that, and also some video analytics. So I'm not sure how this is going to you know, fit in with the on-premise Vigilon, Vigilon Cloud, Ava Security, OpenPath, but it's going to you know, fit somewhere in the middle of that mix. And um, I can't wait to, to learn more about that Calypsa stuff. So while we're waiting for everybody to join, go ahead and type in the comments uh, what city, what state that you're watching from. We'd love to hear from you guys. And always, as always, if you have any questions, um, ideas, or comments while we're talking about this, go ahead and type them in the comments, whether you're watching on LinkedIn um, Live or you're watching on YouTube Live or you're on one of the replays. So go ahead and type in the comments all those questions. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, please like and subscribe if you're watching on LinkedIn. Go ahead and share this uh, event out with your network. We really appreciate it and helps us get the word out. So we've got a lot of great information coming today. I'm going to say hi to everybody here real quick. Uh, Jeff, good morning. Thanks for joining. I appreciate it, man. Mark, thank you for joining. Let's see who else do we have. Uh, Milton. Eric, thank you for joining. Milton from El Salvador, Jonathan from Portugal. Great. We now have an international show. Awesome. Um, Kyle. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice, but this part looks okay. The rest of the office is a complete mess because I've just unpacked only the things that I needed to get the show rolling. So we'll, uh, we'll have to work on that later. Chi, thanks for joining from the UK. Fernando from Dallas. Oh, there we go. All right. Got a lot of people in here. Aaron's watching from Indianapolis. Tim's up in Michigan. David Mueller in Florida. Uh, from Cleveland. It's not coming through. Who, who's the uh, person there? Got Kansas City. Mark, thanks for joining, man. Robbie in Lex Vegas. And Toby from UK. All right. So we've got a ton of people here. And we've got Bobby Goins watching from uh, Utah. Let's go ahead and bring in the uh, the team. We've got um, several people here from the OpenPath team. We've got some people here from the Ava security team. We're going to bring everybody on and um, go around, make some introductions, and take it from there. So let me turn off this little ticker here so we have some more room. And let's bring everybody on here. All right. So we've got... Um, Let's see, I've got Brian, Travis, Danny, and Shane, and George is joining by audio. 
So uh, thank you guys for joining. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your, your day. I know it's early on the West Coast. Um, let's go around the room and, and make some introductions. Brian, if you want to kick us off first. Yeah, sure. Uh, Julio, thanks for having me. And, and, and hey, to everyone in chat. Uh, my name is Brian Jusserwong. I am the regional sales manager for Southern California and Nevada. I uh, originally came from the open path side and have been with the company for about the past four or five years. Um, pretty much the first salesperson of the company, but I currently oversee all end-to-end sales activity and channel partnerships within the region. Gotcha. Travis, you want to go next? Yeah, yeah, great. Hey guys, Travis Grinowicki here with Open Path Solutions Engineering. Uh, been with the business now uh, about six months and I'm an industry veteran uh, working in access control, video surveillance and intrusion for about a decade. But thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Shane, you want to go next? Yep. Hey guys, Shane Ertz from Ava Security. I'm the regional sales manager over here. I cover <clears throat> Southern California and Southern Nevada. Been at Ava for a little bit over two months now, but been in this cloud security space for about four years. So excited to chat with you guys. Thanks. Danny? Hi, my name is uh, Danny Vallejo, uh, field sales engineer for Ava Security. Um, been with the company about seven months and uh, been in security since uh, 2002. Uh, before that, I was an IT person. So looking forward to uh, um, showing you um, the uh, AvaWare and OpenPath. Sounds good. And George, if you could introduce yourself real quick. Yeah, I'm George Martinez. I'm the field CTO over at Ava. I've uh, been in security for probably about five years, both the cybersecurity and the physical security side. But I, I work heavy on integrations and, uh, in the back end technology. Awesome. Well, glad to have you here for this conversation. So what we're going to do is uh, get started with uh, an overview of both of these technologies. So we're going to do a quick overview, about 10, 15 minutes of open path. Um, you know, what it looks like, how it's different. And, you know, just talking about a cloud enabled access control system or a cloud native access control system, excuse me, I'm still learning all the new terminologies. And then we're going to do the same thing with the AVA the security. And then we're going to look at the combined system. What does it do? What value does it bring as a combined system that makes it different and more valuable to end users and why they should be combining these systems together to get that additional uh, security performance out of it? So Brian, if you want to kick us off, um, with uh, that, do you need to share your screen or anything? Uh, yeah, let me go okay. ahead and share that real quick. Here we go. Can you uh, all see this okay? Yep, it's coming in. Okay. There we go. Perfect. Go for it. <clears throat> okay, great. Thanks. So I think the uh, the best way to describe OpenPath uh, and, and kind of how we're different is, uh, ironically, to talk about you know where we stand in the market and uh, what we're not, right? Um, so access control, as you know, has traditionally been um, pretty antiquated at this point, right? There, there's not as much innovation as uh, in this space when we talk about life safety and, and, and access control, um, as opposed to you know, when you're looking at things like consumer electronics, for instance, right? Um, so really within, I'd say, even the first two or three years of entering the marketplace, um, we've already skyrocketed to, you know, IPVM even mentioning us as one of the thought leaders and commanders in the space, right? And this is opposed to all the other systems out there, like, uh, you know, like the Castle, the Linalis 2s, the AMAGs of the world, right? These people that have been around for 30, 40 plus years, some of them. Um, but, you know, again, what we're not is we're not going to be a basic on-prem system that reads key cards and key fobs in a 26-bit clear text format, right? It's not going to be something that you can as easily go into a, a Ralph's or a Vons or, or any grocery store and, and get that key card copied 
for right. about how, how old is 26 bit procs it's it's ridiculous <laughs> it's like a lot older than everybody thinks it came out like 10 years ago right no yeah like yeah 30 years old yeah it's uh it's a couple decades at this point um, <laughs> so obviously there's been a lot of innovation i can i can go on i can go on ebay on amazon buy a bump scanner for about 15 bucks um, right. and, you know bypass any type of security and and uh you know basically give my give my friends access to downtown parking in a in a, in a condo complex without the property manager knowing so um yeah definitely not the most secure in terms of you know when we're talking about life safety and, and monitored access um but you know within the past i'd say two decades uh there have been a lot of strides right a, a, a people have entered the marketplace and said you know i want to go mobile um, now, what they're not saying uh, is within those two years, the surprising statistic here is that they've only managed to get 2% market adoption within the industry, right? Now, that's a huge glaring statistic because if I say I'm, I've been working 20 years for something and I've gotten 2%. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> like, if we got 2% of our goal in sales yeah. in any single year, we, wouldn't, yeah, we still wouldn't be here. Yeah, from that sales background, it's it's a very what have you done for me lately, right? If I haven't hit right. my goal in about a month, I'm already <laughs> so, two years or twenty years. Yeah, no other story. Um, so thank you for the industry being patient, but I, I think it's time for a change, right? Um, so again, I mean, you have plenty of people on the screen right now. Obviously, you know the the, the Brevos, Keezys, uh, Ricottas, PDKs, Proxy Clicks of the world. Um, some of them have pivoted a few times. Some of them have just gone straight up out of business. Um, but what they've all kind of in, in our eyes failed to address are the things that really cause the stickiness in the industry, right? right. It's, it's first off, it's, it's going to be the price point, right? I, I don't like leading with price point because open path is a value proposition. It's, it's it, there. We offer so much more than just price. Um, but the industry traditionally, you know, bills off of the credentials of the physical key cards, right? I, I can't tell you how much the industry thrives off of, uh, when someone says, hey, I lost my key card, I need to rekey something, <laughs> right? It's, right? It's a huge, it's a huge undertaking. Um, yeah, I just bought a new house and we just had to have all the locks rekeyed and it was exactly. not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Not. And, and I can't even imagine what it'd be like for, let's say, a school district, right? It's, yeah. it's a headache. Um, so we we look at it and, and say, you know, we're obviously able to scale from anywhere from a one-door church or, or a gym all the way to a Fortune 100 worldwide company with no mm -hmm. ease. Um, and that's because we charge in a flat rate based off of the door that we're monitoring, right? You can have 400, 500 people coming through that door. That's fine, right? We're just going to be looking at the door fees um, because that's what really matters here. And and uh, kind of next, what really differentiates us is all of the other competitors that I've listed and more, when they talk about mobile, they have a heavy reliance on the Bluetooth platform, right? Um, if I'm going to say I'm going to connect to my headphones, my AirPods, or connect to my car using, mm -hmm. you know, some Bluetooth headphones or something like that. It 95, 97% of the time I can do it. No problem. Right. But now we, we talk about, again, we throw life safety into the mix three to 5%. Yeah. It's enough for me to be concerned. Well, <laughs> and also the, yeah. you know, the, the user experience when you're talking about these other technologies or other brands is mm -hmm. just, it's, it's not easy to, to, present that credential the, the whole process is really cumbersome and that's really what you know everybody's all the users and even the owners the system is the button is what we always say so right. the the usability of it is is really bad and that's where the two percent adoption comes from how does how does open path work differently here 
Yeah. So how we op uh, operate differently is first and foremost, I mean, when we talk about the reliability of the system, because that's a huge one, right? I can't mm -hmm. have my system failing three to five percent of the time. We have a patent which basically races transmissions from our system to the reader to the, the cloud base from over Wi-Fi, Bluetooth and LTE. So that's what that's in part what makes a SOC 2 type 2 compliant, which is a federal grade disaster recovery. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if something were to go down, right, like I was, uh, you know, Austin had a blizzard, uh, a, a year or so ago and, um, you know, those systems stayed working, right. Customers outside of the feet, a couple feet of snow, uh, they didn't notice the difference. They could still into the office just fine. Um, and then kind of when we talk about mobile, the experience, like you were mentioning, Julio, it's, uh, it's going to be, you know, what other people are promising, right. And compared to us. So when other people say they want to do mobile, what is it really, right? You, you walk up to the door, you pull your phone out of your pocket, you unlock your phone, open the app drawer, uh, find the access control app, scroll through the list of doors, then click to unlock the door. Yeah, that's that's a terrible interface yeah. if you have I mean, to do that. Even me saying it, it gives me a headache. But I'm, I'm saying, you know, every time I want to go out, take a personal call, every time I want to grab lunch, hell, every time I come into the office Monday morning, right, and I close all my work apps, I have to pull it back open again and do this. And yep. so all those points that I listed before, um, kind of kind of going away on, on the finish line here, seeing it is this badge experience is a lot easier. It's a lot cheaper and it's a lot more reliable. So our goal to hit that 98% market is going to be to make our system as easy, as cheap, as reliable as this. And the way we did that, it's going to be touch, right? The phone stays in pocket, app is completely turned off, wave their hand at the reader and you're in. Right. Um, and, and the innovation here really comes from the level of agility that we had. Actually, uh, again, I, I mentioned I was the first salesperson on this team uh, and, and mm -hmm. within the company in general. And we were touched to unlock only at that time um, with COVID. We were able to, you know, within three days of a nationwide quarantine being put into effect, we rolled out our system to be completely frictionless at that point. Right. You could just wave your hand at the reader instead of actually physically touching it because. Obviously, no one wants to touch a communal reader anymore. Right. Um, you, we could do all this with a simple firmware upgrade, right? No one needed to go roll their trucks out to the field. No one needs to do any of that. So, no, that's awesome. And you know, yeah. the the question typically comes: Okay, well, now if the phone is the credential, you know, how do you maintain security? You know, and, and there's a lot of different ways that that you guys uh, are give the end users the ability to manage the level of you know security on a scheduled basis. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And and so we can we can filter it down based off of the groups, um, right, with an organization. And this can be tied in one for one parity with whatever IDP, like an Okta or, a, or, or a, an Azure, Microsoft Azure or G Suite mm -hmm. integration that you have. Um, but we can basically say, hey, you know, if I want to say maybe Monday through Friday after 7 p.m. when everyone leaves the office and managers are only allowed to come in during that time they have to use a two-factor authentication from our system, right? So that can be uh, anything from um, the biometric reads on your phone, right? Fingerprint or face recognition, a pin code. We can use that as a due diligence to say, hey, not only can you just simply steal someone's phone and walk right. through the door, um, now it's a matter of, you know, I have to actually use that fingerprint reader. We have to use whatever information that Google or Apple or whoever already store on you and right. use that as a second credential. So that way, operationally, as an overhead, you don't have to collect any fingerprints because good luck getting your employees to give yeah. that over. So Right. No, that's awesome. So it's like yeah. you can just ha have it set for us on a scheduled basis. 
you need to unlock your phone and then wave in order to be able to come in or, you know, for guests or certain groups of people. Exactly. That's, That's exactly it. Excellent. See, I, I learned, I retained some information <laughs> from last time. Yep. Um, and, and I guess, I guess the last but not least case is, you know, obviously we are an open platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so the nice part about us is that people are always coming in and integrating with us, right? There's always innovations happening within the industry. I mean, even with COVID, I think within the first three months of uh, us announcing Wave to Unlock, um, we had people coming in by the droves just saying, mm-hmm. hey, I do thermal scanning. I do self-attestation forms. I do uh, occupancy management, everything, you name it. People did the work for us and said, please just, please just market us. Um, but one of the main features that really um, traditionally has been separate from access control, which is visitor management, We've integrated with our system at no additional cost, right? We can do um, things such as send temporary key cards out to users. You don't have to collect driver's licenses at the door anymore or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I can temporarily text or email a, 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 a key over to these users. And they'll nice. be able to enter for that fixed period of time. At- nice. So for contractors, guests, all that type of stuff. And it's totally flexible. Substitute yeah. teachers, baby shower events, literally whatever you can imagine, we, we, can, we can do it. Um, and all this while still being able to hold physical cards and key fobs as well. If you, you know, for the people that don't want to use mobile. So we, we right. kind of really, again, just kind of meet you where you stand. Right. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. So can we just take a quick, you know, five minutes at the look at the interface real quick and just kind of see what it looks like. And yeah. Yeah, no problem at all. So um, I actually didn't know that uh, this was uh, a thing. Wait, wait, here we go. I didn't know this this was a thing, but we have trophies sitting in our office in Culver City of uh, the user experience, right? I, I didn't know that people passed out awards for this, but uh, apparently nice. this interface has won awards. Um, it's it's very simple to navigate. If you know access control, if you don't dealt with these kinds of systems before, it's all pretty much going to be the same, just done in a lot more uh streamline of a way right you can see right here you can see um, a down to the second feed of everyone that comes in through the door what they were using um, user management can be uploaded from you know azure octa or whatever you want so you don't mm-hmm. actually have to dive into the portal but you know you can you can a- upload it the only information we really need is first name last name email address completely uninvasive right. um, and then or you can just upload users uh you know, over CSV. So I've, I've done deployments with hundreds of hundreds of doors, thousands of users within the span of about 20 minutes. Nice. Right. So it's, okay. it's really quick and snappy to do it. Um, I mean, even just showing you like what the entry schedules look like mm-hmm. uh, to, to do that. It's a basic flow chart, right? We, you create an event and say, Hey, every, Hey, every Christmas day, I want the system to check are the doors going to be locked or not, right? So every Christmas day, it's no entry. And the system every day will check all these events and say, all right, well, now finally, is it Monday through Friday, nine to five? Great. Now we'll keep this schedule. Nice. If you want to move it around, just shift this up and down the, the, the that flow chart. But again, really easy to, um, really easy to navigate. I mean, even these release notes, right? Um, if you know- yeah, the- Since it's cloud-based, the firmware is just getting pushed out so exactly. there's no download to update and all that other type of stuff. It's no installer push. has to come by with a USB flash drive and uh, update every year for a couple thousand dollars. So yeah. we're just doing that over the air. Yeah, well, my laptop doesn't like flash drives anymore. That's yep. that's, that's for sure. Um, well, very cool. So um, that's awesome. Thank you for that overview of um, 
of the OpenPath platform. We're going to switch gears here a little bit and go over to Shane and start talking about the uh, Ava security platform. So we'll just do another you know, nice quick inter um, overview of the platform, what it does, what's different about it. And then we'll start taking a look at the uh, the integrated system together. For sure. Perfect here. So I'm going to start sharing my screen. I'm assuming you guys can now see that, correct? Yes. Awesome. So Ava Cloud Security. Um, so we started uh, Ava Security Cameras about two and a half years ago. Um, originally, Ava was started as a cybersecurity company. So security to Ava is extremely important. Um, everything is encrypted um, in trans from end to end in transit and at rest. We are ISO 27001 certified. And really what we are is a complete security ecosystem at your fingertips. We have Ava cameras, um, we have dome cameras, bullet cameras, fisheye cameras, and we are releasing our quad camera, which is a multi-imager camera. We're the first cloud-based surveillance company to release um, one of these quad cameras. We have our Ava aware system and our cloud connector. The main points of Ava is that we are simple, open, and scalable video security. So as I mentioned, we have our AVA cameras. We do storage on the camera. We do 30, 60, up to 120 days of storage on the camera. Mm -hmm. All the AI and processing does on the camera itself. So they, the AVA cameras require no on-premise infrastructure. So no NVR, no DVR, no server. Um, so this allows you to get rid of this on-premise infrastructure, use cameras that plug and play through a Cat5, Cat6, and that plug directly into a PoE switch. Um, the benefits of these type of cameras is that it's simple, open and flexible um, and where some of our competitors have kind of fallen off in this space is that doing camera systems this way with cloud based security would mm -hmm. require you to have a closed off solution. So you are married to one of our competitors and married right. to all their innovation. So right. when you think about this, this space and how much money is getting poured into the security industry, it's very tough to marry yourself to one company especially to the hardware that they're developing. So it's really key to be open and, and scalable in that way. The biggest difference between Ava and these other cloud-based companies is that we integrate with any OnViv compliant camera. So we can bring in any OnViv compliant camera and connect it to our cloud connector, which then makes that camera a smart camera. So we are able to add analytics to those cameras um, and essentially bring this everything up into this Ava aware cloud here, which allows access from any from the any website and from the Ava app directly um, at the at your fingertips and super easy from from that standpoint. Right. And just to make a little clarification, even the Ava cameras themselves are on VIF compliant, correct? Yes, yeah. that is go ahead. Yeah, so the, the Ava cameras will uh, be be uh, obtaining those that OnVIF compliance so that you can take them to a third-party platform, but they mm -hmm. do have RTSP and a couple other mechanisms to, to make it easy to move around today. Nice. So it, the camera, it's like we were talking about with the competitors, even the Ava cameras themselves are open so that if you do decide to change platforms, you're not stuck with a bunch of paperweights because you decided to go with one technology you know, this year and then the for some reason decided to go with a different style the following year, you're not stuck with a bunch of, uh, you know, technology that doesn't do anything if you're not on their platform. Exactly. We want to make sure it's easy to kind of build the, the cloud or the security solution that you think is right. And that's going to change over time. So you're going to bring in and you're going to combine solutions uh, across the entire spectrum of security. Uh, and we want to be part of that story as well. Awesome. 
Exactly. Um, and kind of moving through kind of this open platform, where we're going to go next is kind of this, and where we're going to touch base um, after after I'm done here is access control. Um, so bring, being, bringing a unified approach to all your security, bringing in your access control systems to your VMS is super important um, as it comes to efficiency, going back and finding events, um, and making sure that your site is secure at all times. So we, we are able to integrate with access control systems. Specifically on this call, we're going to talk about the open path integration, how easy it is for, for you to get set up, and mm -hmm. kind of the alerts and the, and the benefits that, that come with an access control system like us. Um, just like OpenPath being a cloud-based solution, we are sending automatic and firmware and software updates up to our customers at no extra at no extra charge. So these the system will continue to get better over time as we continually release new features. Our customers are just the benefactor of those new features. Um, Ava cameras come with a 10-year product warranty. So for the next 10 years, you're completely covered from a hardware perspective. So when you look at the cost of ownership of your system, it's a very predictable cost of ownership. Um, and I'm going to turn it over to Danny here and kind of take us through um, our the platform and open up Ava so you guys can get a quick, good look of that. All right. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, yeah, share that screen. Grab the right one. So we can, we, we can jump through a couple things on the, uh, uh, on the platform side. So, the, the, the first and the most important thing is that we give you a, a simple, you simplified user experience. Right. Uh, so as we're talking about in a cloud environment, uh, we're using a browser. So no plugins, no downloads, no thick client is required. It means that you can do this across all the operating systems out there. Uh, all you need is a Chromium backend, essentially. Um, but uh, from this point, I can access all my security cameras, uh, but I also have access to the additional um, integrations within that that platform. That means that I can remotely unlock a door. Um, I can see that I can also see status of certain sensors. Mm -hmm. So for example, down on the street, I can see a, a reader that I have. I can pulse that reader directly from this interface. Uh, but I can al also do things like um, accessing my uh, sensors that may be in these environments, pulling up temperature data, open, close status, leak detection, um, really across the board, also allowing you to pull in um, IP videos, halo sensors and disruptive technologies, uh, wide range of wireless sensors uh, to, to kind of complete that story in which you can get all of the data at your finger uh, fingertips, not just the cameras. We're looking at an EVA camera outdoors, a 360 that is natively de-warped indoors right here. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're also looking at an access camera down below. Uh, and so bringing in all of those third-party devices into a simplified experience where you do not have to figure out whether or not you are on-prem, you're hybrid or pure cloud, um, whether it's native or third-party, it all just blends together and gives you that single interface to, to, to really respond and interpret all the data that is being presented to you. Right. And I really like that interface because we, we are, you have a, you have the ability to navigate a lot of information, but the interface is not cluttered. It's very simple and, and minimal so that it's not blocking you from actually being able to watch your video security, but you can still jump in and ping a door or, you know, un, unwarp, a, unwarp a fisheye or t check the temperature from one of those disruptive uh, technology sensors. You have the, the, it's a very sleek interface so that you can move quickly to get to what you need to get to instead of messing around with the camera system. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and that's really what we're go going for is just making it simple to figure out what is important to you. We also have the ability to pop up more relevant um, information. So instead of staring at three monitors, um, you can consolidate this down where we're going to trigger any rules that are triggered or any activity that happens would rotate into view. And we can do that by ways of machine learning and generating anomalies uh, when a person or a vehicle is in a location that they're not typically at, whether that's for time of day or it's, uh, it, it's a person being detected on a roof and they're not typically on a roof. Um, we can leverage the analytics and the object detection to chain, uh, train that machine learning model, pop this up in front of you. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can also, of course, create very stringent rules that say, I want to know every time a car goes down this one-way street the wrong direction, uh, and I need that to just alert me. And you can choose how important that alert is, but then you can also start to build your, uh, your, your intelligence gathering uh, rule set on the back end. Yeah, we actually have our first question, uh, comment and a question. Anisha's asking, uh, she said, wow, Ava looks incredible. Do you have stock? I looked at a competitor called Verkata, but I didn't like the fact that it's a closed system. Right, right. Um, so yes, in, in stock referring to our, uh, yeah, the, the global shortage. So we've actually fared uh, extremely well in this, uh, this shortage. So uh, though, as the word gets out, I'm sure, uh, you know, that, that, that could change. But right now, we do have stock and our lead times are very short. So uh, I would say, um, absolutely, uh, especially if you need something immediately, we can facilitate that for you. Yeah. And just to let you guys know, I don't know, Anisha, we didn't plan for that question to happen right there at that spot because that's the, you know, that's, that's the questions we're, we're looking for and the, uh, you know, the competitors or that, you know, claim to have similar capabilities for, to what we're doing here. But this is actually, especially when we start combining systems, a completely other level of being able to, you know, flexibility from on-premise to hybrid to cloud all of these things become possible with that. So yeah, if you could take us through the interface a little bit more and show us some of the uh, analytics and things we can do inside of Ava uh, just with video, and then we'll we'll go into the uh, access control stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So on the video side, so every camera that's added to the Ava solution gets a full analytics um, enablement. So uh, we'd like, like to say that there's, uh, regardless of whether it's our cameras or third-party camera, or it's an analog camera that you've had for a decade and you just want to put it on your system, um, we don't need to argue argue with you and tell you where technology is going, but we have customers that are taking encoders with analog cameras and they're getting analytics applied to all of those cameras in real time. Um, and that means we're doing object detection. So as you see, there's vehicles. This is a live street in North Carolina. Um, anything could happen, but it's pretty boring right now. Um, but we're doing those, those object detections um, currently. So we see vehicles. Um, those are our purple bounding boxes uh, very much in real time. Uh, we also do this for people. Uh, and we don't really have a lot of people on the street. So we'll, uh, we, but we can easily figure out when there were people. So this timeline down below uh, allows us to jump to when there was more or less activity. Now, the people activity seems to be pretty static over the last few hours. Um, in North Carolina, but there's a couple peaks and I can see there's a, there's a good amount of people right here. Um, so I can jump in here and this is a bus stop. So there are times when people uh, will be more or less present. Um, and so I can very quickly jump to a point in time um, where we had more or less people. We can see there's two people across the street, one that's walking down here with a coffee. Um, and so we can leverage the object detection across the board to allow us to jump to any of these points in time. Uh, and and figure out what information is relevant to me. But you mm -hmm. can also use that for different things. You can use this to generate counting data. 
especially with the, the returning to work movement. Uh, people yeah. want to know when locations are occupied a little more or less or comparatively across multiple sites. Uh, and so we can use this to generate counts. Uh, these counts can be overlaid in a number of places. Um, but this means that this could be for people or vehicles. And we have two methods, objects in view and line crossing. Uh, so line crossing is the, the idea that you have multiple entries and exits to a building. Uh, and so across multiple cameras, you may have uh, an entry point and an exit point. And we want to know how many people have entered and exited in an aggregated number so we can see the current capacity in the building or the current capacity over time. You can generate reports. You can also generate rules that say, when I reach 30, uh, 30 people of capacity in this small office, I just want to let the, uh, send, uh, the the cleaning crew know, hey, you're going to have to do a deeper clean this afternoon because we have a higher level of activity. Um, or in retail, you may want to uh, figure out why Office 1 or uh, let's say NCAP 1 has more activity than NCAP 2. Um, so there's a lot of ways to, to bring this data in together, but also feed it into the rules engine where you're using all of these analytics to let you know when the, uh, the carbon uh, carbon monoxide is high or low when we have sirens or cars that are honking or dog barks mm -hmm. um, access granted from our access control side uh, and so building in the suite of uh, of notifications that something is occurring recording that footage and also sending the alert out to the people that need that information immediately right and those alerts can be sent out via uh well actually what, what are the different ways that alerts can be presented to the users yeah, so so good question. So let's uh, let's create one real, real quick. So um, across the different types, um, like I said, it could be sensors. <clears throat> it could be a person appearing in a location or crossing a line at a fire exit, a car mm -hmm. loitering outside, glass breaking, counts as we talked about, someone using access control. Uh, let's use access control for this case, but uh, I can say I want to know when someone forces an entry um, on a certain door. Uh, and I choose where that's happening. So I can choose my uh, open path reader that's outside. Um, I can also choose when. So when is very straightforward, you know, uh, weekdays, weekends, every day. Um, but then you choose the the what, right? The action. Mm -hmm. um, and so that means that you can very easily leverage a pop-up. So we do have an Ava app that's in the Android and the Apple uh, App Store. Mm -hmm. And so you can pop this up directly to users. If I want to find, uh, let's say, Danny, and uh, I want to, to pop up a notification to Danny, I can send it straight to him or an entire group of users. Um, and that'll pop up in the browser and the mobile app if you choose. So it does a push notification to the mobile app. Nice. Yeah, it's essentially, it, it's absolutely push and it's a little better than text, right? Because right. it is giving you the context. You can click on it, you can see the video and you can actually even scroll back in the timeline and figure out what happened before the event occurred or what else do I care about? Mm -hmm. So it gives you a little more context than just a, a blanket statement. Um, we also, of course, leverage email. That's uh, self-explanatory, but same thing, single user or a group. Um, we also generate external links, and this is useful in, in times when you do have someone that kicks in a back door at midnight. Uh, you can actually generate a publicly viewable link, send it to local law enforcement, and you mm -hmm. don't have to generate them a user account, give them access to VPN. They just click on the link uh, and maybe enter the password that you created for them, and they are in. So there's uh, no viewer or player to download, none of that stuff. Exactly. And that's where you, you get around the, the issues that we always have, that maybe my side has a very slow upload and I can't upload to the cloud fast enough. Um, mm -hmm. and, or maybe the far end has a slow download. In this case, we don't have to do either. It's a sandboxed and secured 
um, access, same way I'm accessing it, but they click on that external link and they see the video, they can hear alarms and they can download it if you give them permission to download. Um, and then lastly, webhooks. Uh, webhooks are probably, uh, well, I would say one of the most important features here, but this allows you to really build your own integration. We have right. customers that are uh, building webhooks into Splunk, into uh, a number of third-party um, uh, management platforms, some messaging platforms. Uh, we have some customers that are actually pulsing readers uh, on the OpenPath side to open up uh, gates and other locations based on certain chains of events. So this allows you to really build this from the beginning to end with your own custom headers and your own payloads uh, in order to integrate with any third party that we have not yet integrated into. And, and that's part of the, uh, the the story that we continue to tell in, in we want to be open and integrated. Mm -hmm. and we, don't, so, we can't pretend to integrate to everyone on day one, but we will allow you to build that. Right. And, and webhooks, just for people that don't know, is a pretty common uh, platform or messaging uh, system yeah. to use to be able to communicate integration? Yeah, so the easiest way is this uh, a webhook is an HTTP request. And so just about everything out there leverages a RESTful API, you know, maybe mm -hmm. not always RESTful, but something that allows you to, to kick off an action. A webhook right. can be the initiator of that action. So we can send a webhook to OpenPath. We can send a webhook to uh, a number of GPIO platforms, Raspberry Pis, anything custom built. Mm -hmm. um, but we can also send it to Slack or to Google Teams or anything out, out there is uh, really being built in mind with uh, it, an integratable or a, a, an API based economy. Right. So a couple of weeks ago, we were doing we were playing around in the Ava platform on here with uh, with Andrew Stewart, and uh, we we're you know looking at rules, and we could make a rule, thinking about something like uh, you know, if uh, let's say a power company had everybody was wearing green, you know their uniforms were green, and if somebody walks up, we could make a rule that if somebody walks up to one of their remote sites not wearing green, we could kick off a bunch of rules so they could send notifications, lock gates, um, do all sorts of different things just based on the appearance of the person or maybe, you know, a, a non-white vehicle pulling up to it. And they all have, because they all have white vehicles, you know, things like that can start, you know, you can start to kick off chains of events based on really security situations that you want to address. The system can automate that process, notify you that it's happening all while you're you're doing this without having some massive in infrastructure on premise. Exactly. Does that sound like a pretty good summary of, of what we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we want to we want to make sure that security is proactive, not reactive. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be times and in, in places where you have to react, um, but if you can figure out what is occurring and just gently nudge your operators before it occurs, and you can just watch that environment, um, where that's what we want to do, and that can be ingested in a number of ways, whether it's just live video notifications or uh, an interactive map that shows you all of these events. Uh, mm -hmm. We want to, like I said, be proactive and show you the states and the locations across the board. Very nice. So is there a couple other features you want to show us here on the Ava side before we jump into uh, OpenPath? Yeah, I guess I, the last thing I would say is that, uh, of, of course, we can uh, pulse readers or entries um uh, across the open path environment we can also look at those events so when we're talking about what has been occurring um, i can see the camera that's associated with the activity uh the badge id and the picture pulled directly from open path um and uh and it gives me a little more contact context that uh, there was access granted on this back entrance i i pulled that a second ago um, we can see other users we can see andrew was just there as well um, 
And uh, it, it allows you to, to search by these users when these events happen, the video that it was, was associated, and that map that we were just talking about can also be overlaid. So you can see the objects that were detected at that time, the vehicles, their placements. Yeah, uh, really I that. really like that view. It's just so cool having the icons of the actual vehicles, the classified object detection happening live on a map view that's just giving you that simplified representational you know, view so that you're not having to decipher, is that a tree, is that a person? No, camera's saying that's a person and they're walking around this way and there's really not supposed to be people back there and it's getting ready to kick off an alarm. The, the security operator is gonna be able to discern that a lot more quickly uh, in that simplified view. So that, that, that's exactly. a great, great feature. Exactly, and that's, that's the idea. Whether you wanna see it directly from the map or associated with an alarm, you get a little more context in a large mm -hmm. campus or a large building you know, I need to go to uh, room 312 or the south wing. Uh, and it, it, it just gives you the ability to very quickly also jump through the maps. You can you can lay these icons however you'd like uh, with shortcuts to other maps, um, but it, it can also give you additional context data. Um, is the door closed uh, currently here? Is it open? Um, do I do I need to grab that camera and, and check? Do I need to um, send someone out to, to remedy this? Um, even temperature data, air quality data, leak detection, um, really giving you that entire picture of not just where your cameras are, what they're looking at, what they're detecting, but mm -hmm. what are the other peripherals that are in, in your environment? We're going to continue to expand this with third parties uh, and uh, new sensor types. Uh, and we have, we have new use cases from customers all the time where they're just trying to simplify that platform. Right now they have four or five different, uh, may, maybe even more um, uh, different interfaces and thick clients that they're using. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to take those over, but we want to take the data and make it more useful. Um, right. Even things like where where are my AED devices, my my uh, life saving equipment uh, mm -hmm. when I do have an emergency, and I want to instruct people to where they need to go to grab those. I can I can use this map to be in compliance or at least instruct people on where to be. Gotcha. And and a great follow up question we have from Mark Ard. How difficult would the rule changes be for local users, like a local security team um, managing in a residential environment, like an apartment complex or you know a large condo, high-rise type building? Yeah, so uh, it, it's it's extremely easy. Um, I would say there's a lot of power on the back end, um, but even something as as easy as I want to know when someone uh, goes out a back door, you're really just saying, what am I looking at? I'm looking for a person. We talked about color very quickly. Where is that going to be? That's going to be in our back office, let's say. And this is our, our area that I don't want people to come this direction. Uh -huh. um, it's really dragging a rule, and this can all be finessed. Um, but within a couple of seconds, you're going to have a rule that's going to pop up to uh, Danny's phone every time someone uh, someone walks through here, uh, because Danny is my security officer. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's it. I'm ready to go. Now Danny's going to be inundated with all of the... Uh, <laughs> Danny's going uh, in and deleting all your rules after each demo. <laughs> Right, we have a rule of uh, don't uh, notify other people on the demo system, but uh, since it's on the call, we'll, we'll break that. Um, sure, it's, and, it's really I, that easy, right? and, and as part of the roles in, in the administrative hierarchy and everything in this, in this system, you can specify who can create rules and who can't, correct? Yes, absolutely. So we have a very uh, sophisticated role-based access system. Uh, so the role-based access control can integrate to a third party like an Okta or any authentication platform, Google, et cetera. Um, but that means that we also can create uh, these, these different groups. So um, we have this set up very much like, like customers. So I have our sales team, our SCs, and they have different permissions. My SCs mm -hmm. can do a little more, uh, but sales, I don't want them deleting my devices. I don't want them creating right. rules. Or maybe I do, but on a lower scale. 
So you can choose exactly what is happening there. And then you can also choose which cameras and regions this applies to uh, and get into the system backend uh, options. And so this allows you to really choose where your receptionists have access and where your uh, individual floor managers have access just to that floor and not to the entire system. Right, because uh, so some of these may be you know, a, a large building with multiple tenants and you can split out which tenant gets to see which cameras. They can see their back door, but they can't see you know, the other tenants' doors and stuff like that. You all can live in one system. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All these buttons up top, I can remove them. So they only see live video. They can't even see historic, or maybe they can, but they mm -hmm. can't see uh, beyond their, their location. So you pick and choose how that's created, but it does allow you to share um, beyond just your internal uh, team because it's natively cloud uh, connected. No large firewall changes are, requ are required. You just point to the URL uh, via the app or via browser, and you can access all of that information. Fantastic. George, thank you for that overview of the Ava security platform um, on its own. Uh, let's let's take a look and talk a little bit about what events get pushed from access control before we start looking at screens. Let's talk about it almost, you know, about systemically and like what the layout looks like and why an end user would want to do this. Um, so what events are typically, you know, that we need to know about in an access control system that we're going to be pushing over to Ava. I know you mentioned one, George, it was a force door. What are some of the other ones? Yeah, so so it's really um, the, the, whatever we can pick up on the uh, access control side. So that is typically forced entry. If you do have a door sensor on that door, we're going to know that it was opened without the reader being forced. Mm -hmm. um, we, we can also pick up a uh, door held. So um, any doors that are that have been held, if, if the access control platform can send to us, we're gonna alert on that. Um, and, uh, and and that's where you do configure these on the access control side of the house uh, and, and ensure that you do or you can send this information. Okay, uh, Brian and Travis, what, what alarms and alerts uh, exist in OpenPath that we're talking about that we can push to, uh, to the Ava security platform? Yeah, Travis, let you hand up. Yeah, yeah, great. So we we pass along all the entry events. So entry granted, entry denied. Um, mm -hmm. As George mentioned, we're also passing along door position information. Is the door open? Is it closed? Uh, was there a forced entry uh, or an entry ajar event in the event that maybe the door has been held open for ten minutes? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Uh, we also pass along the user information. So you can see not only that the door was used, but you can see that George used the door uh, and then later maybe Brian used the door afterwards. Okay. Um, so when we pass those events into Ava, we can then create rules in Ava based on those all of those triggers. All of those things become triggerable um, type situations. And let's say I wanted to search, can it do things just like a user search? How many times, you know, I want to see all the times George went into the front door. Can it do a, com combine that data since we're getting the user data? And George comes in and says, hey, Julio, you know, I lost my card. Um, I said, man, that's somebody, well, somebody's been using it. We, you know, somebody's been go coming in and out. Let's go see. We're, we have the ability to go search for those video events inside of the Ava platform. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, and we can we can start to share a little bit uh, back back on that side. Sure. To, to show you exactly that. So on the Ava side, we're going to pull those events in. Um, OpenBath does a great job of sending us all that data. Um, like we were talking about here, we have Andrew, we have a few others, but we can filter it based on cardholder. Uh, and I can just say, let's look at all the George cardholders. And so um, here are all the events from George, um, where he has been timestamped with the video, 
Um, this was raining on the 31st of March um, mm -hmm. and uh, all the way up to uh, uh, the last time I, I accessed that location. So right. this is not phone. facial recognition or anything like that. This is based on your credential being presented, correct? Exactly. And okay. that's where the, the access granted um, information being sent from OpenBAP is so important that we're going to pull that cardholder ID. So I could look by the ID, but in this mm -hmm. case, I'm just looking for all of my Georges. Um, and right. so uh, you can also specify the access control point you're looking for. If I only want to know about the back entrance, mm -hmm. um, uh, I can look for events. If I only want to filter by the door force, um, sites are essentially different buildings. Um, you should think of it as um, different disparate sites um, out there where you have uh, access control and video uh, deployed and also the triggered alarm. Um, so specifically what you're triggering. Right. And that um, picture is coming over from from the open path system showing the identity of the of the user. Yeah, it is. And that's where, you know, that that very interoperable um, API that we're mm -hmm. talking about is so important is that we can get the live event and then also query all the data that's associated with it that we need um, so that we, we get the name, we get the ID, we can also grab the picture um, and we can also expand on that if there are other fields that we needed um, where there's some discussions on how we can enhance things like LPR leveraging uh, data that's in there. Uh, but this is this is pulled directly from OpenBAP. Right. So, and, and I know this question is probably floating around out there, so I'll go ahead and ask it before we run out of time here. How hard is this to set up? You know, because everybody sees these demos where we've got fantastic, cool things going on and it's got all the bells and whistles. But, oh, yeah, it takes, you know, 72,000 man hours to get something like this put together. If you're willing to invest it, go for it. If not, you know, no problem. But I know that this isn't that as difficult oh, oh, as what I just totally. Um, and so that's where, you know, that ease of use is what we're really focusing yeah. on. So you, there's multiple ways to deploy uh, a solution. Pure cloud, hybrid with your third-party access or a Vigilon cameras. Um, but you can also do pure cloud. Um, and so in the terms of easy, I'll talk to the easiest first. Um, but that means, uh, for example, we have a bullet camera. It's an outdoor mm -hmm. 4K camera. Um, and so the way that this is built is that it's very simple. You can slide out to the, the main body, run the cable in, no back box necessarily required, um, plug it in, and it is, it is waterproof ready to go. Um, but it also means that when we're talking about um, adding that camera, the app has a QR code scanner. Every camera has three QR codes on them on the packaging, on the camera, on the inside and the outside uh, so that you can uh, you, you can le legitimately, before you unbox it, scan the QR code, add the camera to your deployment, plug it into the network. It will automatically connect up without you doing anything else uh, and you're ready to go. You can now start creating rules. Uh, of course, you need someone that can mount the camera and position it. That right. we, we haven't automated that yet, but uh, <laughs> you, you have to put it on the outside of the wall, wherever you're gonna put it. Um, but from that point, you're ready to go. So from infrastructure-less and the, the simplicity of ease, in, uh, of, ease of use, uh, mm -hmm. you can do this super easy with uh, cloud cameras. And it's, uh, it's, it's as easy as shipping a camera out and saying, plug this into the switch uh, and uh, position it here. Right. Um, so so once you had, let's say we had 10 cameras and 10 doors and we wanted to get them to all you know, coordinate with each other. You know, I want this each camera to be associated with a door. You know, what's that process? If you could just give me like a, a quick view of what that would look like to to see what kind of how far you have to dig in to make this stuff go. Yeah. So from the open path, it's also very simple. So once you get the open path up and running, you can use their app to onboard a reader. Um, you you'll also you know use our app to onboard a camera. Uh, and so once those are both online, uh, you you actually come into the Ava side and you add an access control system. So that means that you can come in here and say, I'm adding OpenPath. Uh, this 
uh, here are my credentials, my username, password, and our org ID, uh, which mm -hmm. is part of your URL. Uh, once you click add, you have integrated Ava and OpenBat. It's <laughs> legitimately that simple. <laughs> very interoperable cloud in infrastructures. That's that's outrageously easy because I've you know I grew up through the analog world of you know integrating actual door contacts and you know mechanical switches and all this other stuff. It you you want it you want to think that it's going to be this big complicated process, but the, if the integration's already there with two cloud systems, that's it. You're, you just put in credentials and you're done. That's that's crazy. That's amazing. Exactly. And that means that you can focus your uh, attention on building the rule set and building the, inter the interface that you want to, uh, to manage, uh, not necessarily pulling out a mouse and keyboard and, and, and uh, configuring a system from the ground up. Because yeah, it isn't a Writing file. rules for three days straight. <laughs> right, right. And the rules are simple enough, but you can focus yeah. more time. I mean, on. just integration rules, getting the yeah. system to talk oh. to each other and see the other system and, you know, all yeah. of that. And that's, it, wow. And that's the, the the beauty of cloud, right? No firewall changes, nothing nothing heavy has to go down on the backside, but it's all secure and it can be deployed in an office that you haven't set foot on. You ship these, they plug them in and you're ready to go. Wow. So Nico's got a question. Um, so speaking of ease of flexibility and deployment, both OpenPath and Ava reps mentioned earlier uh, firmware deployment over the air. Does your cloud infrastructure allow for testing and validation in a dev or pre-production before moving to production environments? Yeah, so so a couple of ways we can do that. We we have a couple of main, what we call channels that we uh, send out to customers for firmware on the Ava side. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> So stable and beta. Beta is, uh, of course, bleeding edge. You get the newest features, but um, you're, you're part of that test group. Um, so I don't recommend it for customers. But if you did want to uh, also deploy a second cloud, um, it's not expensive to, to or it, it's not heavy on us to, to add a second cloud. So we do have customers that have their lab um, and they put a camera on there. They, they, they run the system and, and kind of uh, bench test it for a while. And then right. it's very easy to, uh, to to remove it from your lab and put it into production. Uh, and there's there's no real restrictions there. It's just a delete and an add. So okay, so it's like something to... if they had just a ton of integrations going on and they wanted to make sure that the next firmware push wasn't going to break one of those, they could put that into the the sandbox cloud that they have their additional their environment. Uh, does that work the same way for OpenPath? Uh, pretty similar. Um, on the OpenPath side, we. Uh, trial all the all the firmware and software uh, in a dev environment separate before rolling in stage uh, presenting those into different staged bundles that uh, roll out into production usually over the course of a uh, several days or weeks depending on the significance and severity of the uh, enhancements that have been coming we also mm -hmm. have clients who are leveraging sandbox orgs to trial uh, firmware before pushing out to their uh, production org instance yeah and guys I, this stuff is so amazing to me, you know, I thought I was on the bleeding edge of everything with my, you know, on-premise cameras and all you guys, cloud guys just show up like, hey, guess what? You don't need any of that stuff here. Just put my magic camera on the magic system and all the magic starts to happen. That's what it keeps sounding like I'm saying this is magically happening and automatically, but it's, it, this is actually the way this technology is meant to be deployed and leveraged. The computing power doesn't need to be on a box on your desk or in your server room. You can have the technology and the computing at the edge with your video on premise, your credentials inside of the local machine, but it's all the authentications happening somewhere else, all the um, management of the videos happening somewhere else, combine those two systems into something that's extremely, extremely agile, easy to use, and extremely valuable for the end users that can, you know, 
have a like what you said before george an expected cost uh to have this and that's where we see a lot of our end users going with instead of having a large capital outlay out front they want to have a, a predictable cost over time to do that and now with um with this suite of products that we have we have an answer for every single one of those types of uh, business requests whether it's on-premise some sort of hybrid in between version adding on to an existing on-premise system or a fully cloud enabled um you know cloud uh managed system so you know it, it's it's really interesting to see this this how the spectrum of products for video security and access control has just you know taken a huge leap in the past 90 days <laughs> um with this stuff and uh yeah if anybody has any closing remarks or we're right about at time um yeah, yeah, Julio, I think you nailed on a pretty good part there. And I think we're kind of at a turning point in the industry where, you know, gone are the days of, you know, someone actively looking at 20 different monitors, right? It, it's with you those can't. expected costs actually come a lot of like unexpected savings, right? You know, now you don't really fully have to staff someone who's going to be staring at monitors all day, right? It's if something happens at the door, 3 a.m., great, that's fine. We'll push a notification through and we can actively monitor it, right? So there's so many overhead costs that people don't really think about that just end up being a, an overall savings in the long term, right? And it, it, it's kind of that turning point of going from on-prem to cloud. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, where we have people talking about, this is going to replace people, things like that. It doesn't. It enhances what people can do. We make people more effective. Every single person on here in the audience that's watching, we are all dealing with uh, people shortages at our companies. There's not enough people to go around. There's not enough people to fill positions. We're short on our teams. You know, we're all doing more with less, this is a way that you can leverage the people that you have and make them more effective, not necessarily delete people from a team. We're, we're making the people that you have more effective, putting them where they belong. Your boots on the ground security guys aren't gonna be stuck behind monitors. You know, each guy watching a dozen cameras, like you said, it's they're gonna be out, you know, mitigating the situation. And we're not even talking about the, the Motorola radios yet that we could push all this stuff into and start to integrate with and, and get those messages out there in that fashion. So that, you know, puts all of this at our end users fingertips. And, you know, in a way that, um, you know, a lot of people haven't seen yet. So guys, uh, we're out of time for today. This has been a fantastic, fantastic learning uh, opportunity for me. Hopefully everybody in the audience is, uh, gotten some great information out of it. I want to thank you for taking your time, especially you guys on the West Coast, uh, for getting up so early today with me and uh, going over this information before your coffee fully kicked in. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Take care, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, so that's it for today. Uh, hopefully you guys got some great information from uh, from the Ava security and the OpenPath team. I know I did. Every time I do these, I learn so much about what we can do at Motorola Solutions for our end users, You know, helping people be their best in the moments that matter. Uh, this is just another way that we're doing this in the latest and greatest fashion, being able to deploy all of the technology, all of the AI-enabled analytics and notifications through the cloud, on-premise, or somewhere in between. Um, it's, it's really amazing stuff. Thank you all for uh, taking the time to join me on a Friday morning um, or afternoon, depending on where you're at. Hopefully we'll have some good stuff for you next week. I'm, I'm working on a few new things to uh, for topics for the next few weeks. So we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Motorola Solutions Technology Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe so that you can be made aware of new content and we'll see you soon.